0: As we go to the scripture reading this morning, this first Sunday of Advent is often around the prophetic voices, and you're going to hear from two this morning. The first is some of the uh, the prophet of the Old Testament, but you're also then going to hear of the newer prophet, and probably one of the last prophets of that Old Testament character, and that was John the Baptist. And so as we prepare for this, and Robin comes to read... Think about what's to come.
1: So the first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. The second reading is from John chapter one, verses six to 14. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. God and the word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory the glory as of a father's only son full of grace and truth holy wisdom holy words
0: well I have to confess this morning after 25 years of ministry I still don't understand the whole idea of advent. I mean, think about it. We light candles and and we it's all about preparation and anticipation, but don't we already know what's coming? I mean, really, don't we don't we already know that on December 24th we're going to celebrate Christmas Eve and 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 then the next day it's Christmas Day and we open the gifts and and all that and and so what is Advent really about? Well, in thinking about this over the last few weeks, I thought, you know what? Yes, it's the, you may not know this, but this is the beginning of a new Christian year. This Sunday is New Year's Day for the liturgical calendar. And it is it is a very important time. But what if it's not just about anticipation? What if it's not just about kind of preparation? What if it goes even deeper than that? What if each one of these words behind me represents something so important that it would be a mistake to miss out on any one of these? And that what this season really is about is focusing in, as we move toward this important day, that we move toward it with a deeper understanding of each of these words. And hope is number one. And think about the Advent candles. And so here we have this beautiful candle. And this whole candle, this whole service is about hope, of of bringing hope, of offering hope, of, as I said earlier in sermons before, that in in Santa Monica, right after Hurricane Katrina, there were 40-foot walls in the front of this sanctuary and 35-foot banners that finally unfurled and there were only three words on each of those banners they were be the hope be the hope and i'll talk more about that in just a second but then you look at the next candle this candle of love my heavens if there was ever a time that we need to understand what love is and i don't mean just love as in loving each other or loving but but to love God so that we can love the world and and we're going to come to something more in just a second but then comes the pink candle and the pink candle is that candle of joy the pink candle represents Mary and everything that she took on in the midst of this story and and I, I keep wanting to name rename this candle the candle of courage Because can you imagine at 13 or 14 years old the courage that it took to take this on knowing that it could potentially transform the world and could potentially cost her her life. But that story is coming in two weeks. And then comes the fourth candle. And it is the candle of to some extent culmination of the previous three remember last year i talked about you know the whole idea of the life of jesus and jesus through history and and we talked about the beatitudes and that the culminating beatitude is blessed are you who bring peace and this candle is all about peace and what brings peace when we offer hope when we offer love When we offer joy to anyone and everyone. And that culmination is that it brings peace. But then we celebrate the one who taught us how. The one who continually lived his life in such a way that it could transform not only the lives of those around him, but the lives through the next two millennia. Jesus. And it is on that day, that Christmas Eve evening, that we light this candle as the true culmination. But it's not the culmination per se. It is also a new beginning. Thus taking us full circle about the fact that this is the new year for us as Christian people. And it begins here. I mean, don't we already, I mean, we've been preparing for Christmas since now. The first Christmas commercial I think I saw now before Halloween. It just keeps creeping back. But for us, the first day that precedes Christmas and precedes the new year is today. And it is the day of hope. So I looked up hope in the dictionary. Here's what it said. Hope is wishing for something with the expectation of its fulfillment. It is to have confidence or trust in an outcome. To look forward to something with great confidence and wonderment. And as for the people of faith, it places something in God's hands with confidence in an appropriate outcome that brings humanity toward a greater good. Hope. Look at how often hope comes up in Scriptures. Here's just a couple. From the letter to the Hebrews. Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. Or from Paul, for it is in hope that we are transformed. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. So I began to look for just even one story that defined hope and I found it in a book by Max Lucado. And the book is entitled Six Hours One Friday, and he is telling the story of a Sunday school teacher that that he knew. And this Sunday school teacher who decided that her call was to provide Sunday school in some of the most poverty-stricken areas of the United States. And so she went from her beautiful home, and every Sunday ventured into this neighborhood. And she taught Sunday school. What a challenge that would have been. But she, her name is Joy. And so Joy tells the story of one Sunday morning of teaching this Sunday school class. And in that Sunday school class is a young nine-year-old girl named Felicia. And here's how she writes about it. She says, Felicia's difficult and abusive home life had left her afraid And insecure. For the weeks that I taught the class. Felicia never spoke. Says Joy. Never. While the other children talked and laughed and explored. Felicia simply sat. While the other children sang. She was silent. While the other giggled. She was quiet. But she was always present. Always aware. Always listening. Yet never ever said a word. Then came the lesson on heaven. Joy talked, she said, I talked of what it might be like seeing and experiencing Jesus. And she talked, Joy said, I talked about what it is of bringing heaven to earth and that Jesus would be here for all of us and that God wants to fill all of us, even here. She talked of the pain being gone and being made new and fresh and alive. And as Joy spoke, she says, Felicia sat more upright and seemed to stare wide-eyed at her teacher. Joy said she listened with hunger. Then the miracle happened. Felicia raised her hand. Felicia had never raised her hand. Enjoy trying not to get overly excited and put Felicia on the spot, she very simply said, yes, Felicia? Felicia took a deep breath and then asked, is heaven for children even like me, even here, even today? the bottom of the article Lucado then writes now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of things to come even heaven on earth for an abused insecure nine year old child hope hope is absolutely essential for all of us but here's the deal like the banners in Santa Monica that say, Be the Hope. If action does not follow that hope, then hope can be somewhat worthless. I look around us right now, and I will tell you, honestly, and I, I'm going to bring political stuff in on occasion to this, because we have two things right now that are going on. I found hope in in president-elect Donald Trump's Thanksgiving speech. I found hope of healing, hope of anticipation, hope of bringing things back together, hope of love, hope that I had not heard even once in the pre-election rhetoric. And yet in that Thanksgiving message, I heard hope. I heard hope. We are now facing tomorrow evening, not just charge conference, but there is a men's shelter here in Bellevue that has been proposed and has massive amounts of um, negativity surrounding it. And it is to be built just across I-90, right over there by the bus terminal. All of the neighbors around there are in opposition to this. As core leaders, we talked about it and talked about it very, very openly. And it was unanimous that we as core leaders were going to support it to the point that tomorrow night, Jack Morrison and Janice Zahn will be representing us at that meeting at City Council saying that as Christians, we believe that this is an essential element to what we offer as Christians in this community. And we understand the fear that goes with offering something like this in and around or within a neighborhood. And yet, there is an understanding that we are the last city in the greater Seattle area, particularly on the east side, that has not stepped up to offer this kind of hope for that kind of population. Many of us have already sent letters in support. And I understand that not all of us are in agreement about this, any more than all of us were in agreement about this election. And yet, if in fact what it says on those banners, and as we talk about this candle of hope, hope without action is very much like faith without action. It can be seen as being dead. So I want to ask you this morning, where is it in your life or in your neighborhood or in your family or even within yourself that you need hope? Where is it? But here's what has to happen in the midst of that. If you're in a situation, I had a long talk with someone at coffee hour between services who just lost her mom. And trying to find hope, and she needs hope right now and encouragement. And now, uh, and I will share with you uh, that we found out two weeks ago that my mom has kidney cancer. And eventually it will take her. But where do you turn for support in the midst of things like that? Well, look around this room. Aren't we supposed to also be the hope for each other? But what that means is that we have to be able to trust each other enough to be able to share those places in our lives where, man, we just need some help and some support. But it can't stop there either because as we work through these candles and end up in the Christ candle, as the Christ candle is lit, the words be the hope, become much more meaningful because our mandate as Christians is to then offer hope to others. So where, friends? Where is it that hope is needed around you? Maybe you saw it at the Thanksgiving table. Maybe you saw it. We certainly saw it at Crossroads last Tuesday evening. We've certainly seen it in other places around us. So here's what I want to do this morning. The sermons during the Advent season are going to be shorter. So that what we can do is take a few moments in silent reflection in the sanctuary of this place, in a time that we are bombarded by other messages, to think and pray and meditate for just a minute on where those places may be in our lives and around us where we either need hope or can bring hope. So let's take just a minute quietly as we sit and ponder that question. Here's my hope for worship during Advent. That each Sunday as we concentrate on one aspect of Advent, that this become exactly what it is designed to be, a sanctuary of peace, a sanctuary of hope, of love, of joy. And in the midst of the din that has become Christmas, that at least in this hour, what we'll find is some quiet, time of focus and recovery. Will you pray with me? God, sometimes it is overwhelming what we see around us. And yet, as this season continues to seek to teach us, as we engage with You, anything, everything, is possible help us be the hope help us offer hope help us identify with others friends and loved ones where we too need hope i ask your blessing on this season all of this in christ's name amen